The word Sabbath very simply means cease. It means desist. On the Sabbath, stop. That's all the command is. I mean, it is really simple. It is really straightforward. And yet, as we come today to this fourth great word, this fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments, we come to the command that has probably been most misunderstood, most misapplied, most fought over, most used to judge others. This was the, this was the issue that Jesus and the Pharisees were constantly in battle over during His earthly ministry. Even today, we debate much about what can be done and what can't be done. And there are some who will judge others based on what they do or don't do on the Sabbath. A lot of us are probably not wrapped up in it, but there's even still a debate about what day the Sabbath is supposed to be on. Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? There's a lot, in such a simple command, there's a lot going on here. What does God have for us in this command? That's what we want to try to understand today. Let's start by turning to the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we've got some in the chairs in front of you. I hope you'll grab one or have somebody hand you one and study along with us. Exodus 20, second book into the Bible. Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. It says there, Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or the earth below or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for their father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will punish anyone who misuses His name. Remember to dedicate the Sabbath day. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the foreigner who's within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that is in them, in six days. Then He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy." Honor your father and mother so that you may have a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female slave, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And here's how we're going to try to understand this command today. I'm going to try to answer four questions. Hopefully somewhat simply, but thoroughly in the time that we have. The first question, what is the Sabbath? Or even what is a Sabbath? Secondly, what day is the Sabbath? Third, what are we to do or not do on the Sabbath? And then fourthly, how is the Sabbath for us? Now as we look at this first question, what is the Sabbath? The genesis of the Sabbath, no pun intended, is found in Genesis chapter 2. 
Listen to this. You don't need to turn there. I'm just going to read real quickly. Genesis 2, verse 1. It says, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it He rested from His work of creation. God blessed the seventh day. Now, it says in there in Genesis 2-2 that after He created, God rested. Now, He didn't rest, and that's what the word Sabbath means. It's not the name of a day in this passage. It just simply means He rested. He ceased. He desisted. And He didn't do that because He was tired. Okay, God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. When He got to day four, He wasn't sweating. When He got to day six, He wasn't bent over going, one more day to go. He wasn't tired. God has all the power to literally just speak. And an entire universe comes into creation. And He's not tired. No, but rather the concept, the idea behind this word is that He delighted to stop. To look back over the last six days and to celebrate what had been done. And this is what God is alluding to. This moment, this place right here, is what He's alluding to in Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments when He calls you and I to this, and I use this word, cycle. He alludes to this when He calls you and I to this cycle, this way of living life. Six days of work, and by work here, we don't necessarily mean just your job, what you do to get a paycheck. That's included in that. But it's really, it's, it's the work of life. Your job, mowing the yard, running errands, getting chores done, all of the work of life. you got six days to do that. On the seventh day, one day, stop, cease, desist from that. Now notice in both passages, in the Genesis passage, and then it's repeated in the Exodus 20 passage, it says that God blessed the day and that He declared it holy. The idea behind blessing, folks, is the act of giving something, a gift. When you're blessed, that means, man, this, this worked for me. This felt good for me. This, this was an encouragement to me. When you bless somebody, you're giving them something. You're encouraging. Folks, God is giving us a gift. Isn't it amazing? And if you think back to our own day and time, and certainly throughout history, the, the battle over the Sabbath has usually been over rules. What we're to do, what we're to not do. And the, and the day becomes a burden. The day becomes a duty and an obligation. Some even today maybe think, oh, you know, Sunday, I've got, I got to go to church. got to make God happy. And it's a gift. God is giving us something in this. Not requiring. He's giving a gift. And He also declares the day Holy. We talk about that word holy a lot. It means set apart. This day is distinct. It is set apart. It is not like, nor is it to look like the other six days. Think about that. When God says this day is holy, it's not like the other six, and it's not to look like the other six. It's separate. It's distinct. It is set apart. I like how one rabbi writing about the Sabbath. This is right before the time of Christ. And he says the family has two primary functions on the Sabbath day. One is to praise God, and two, to enjoy the best food and drink in the house. Sounds like a pretty good formula for the Sabbath, doesn't it? 
That was their idea. What is the Sabbath? It's a day to cease. It's a day to celebrate. That's what the Sabbath is. One other note I want you to notice, especially in this act of blessing, God giving a gift. I read this in Exodus 20. You can see it in other passages like Exodus 23, uh, Leviticus 25, Deuteronomy 15. The Sabbath is not just a gift to God's people. The Sabbath is a gift to all of creation. It, it says something in the Ten Commandments uh, to the Jew. If a foreigner's in the land, you're to give them this Sabbath. Your animals, give them the Sabbath. It even refers to the land as having a Sabbath. That the land was on a seven-year cycle. Six years of using the land, one year break from the land. See, folks, God knows how He created you and I. And it's in His goodness, it's in His benevolence that He gives this cycle of six days of work, one day of rest. Now, that's what is the Sabbath. What day is the Sabbath? Now, you know, I understand that this is probably not a huge debate for a lot of you in the room. You're not thinking, I didn't even... I didn't even know there was a question about what day it was. Well, in a time like this, let's go ahead and look at all of the issues since we're here and we're looking at this day. And it's probably not a big debate. And I'm going to go ahead and conclude by saying I believe the Sabbath is on Sunday. But let me back up and tell you a little bit about the argument. There are some. Now, remember, the Jewish Sabbath, there, there are six days. And then their last day was Saturday. The Sabbath began Friday at sundown and it concluded Saturday at sundown. That was their Sabbath. As we come into the New Testament, into the church, we see the church as it kind of goes along and it begins evolving. More and more of what the church is doing starts happening on the first day of the week or when the resurrection took place on Sunday. And it seems like they began moving to a Sunday worship, a Sunday Sabbath. Now, those who do not believe it should have ever changed make a couple of points, and they're, they're good points. There is not a verse in the New Testament says, change the Sabbath. There, there's nothing that directly says the church is to stop celebrating the Sabbath on Saturday and to move it to Sunday. There, there, there's no passage that's explicit in that way. They would also note that Jesus obeyed or Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath by, in, in, on the Jewish calendar and the Jewish way on Saturday. That, for me, doesn't really prove or disprove anything. First of all, what Jesus was doing was before the cross, before he, came to, or before he fulfilled the law and before the church. But also, Jesus was a Jew. That's not a surprise to anybody, is it? He was a Jew, and the Jew honored the Sabbath on Saturday. There, there would have been no other way, no other day for him to do that. And so that doesn't really prove or disprove anything. They might note that uh, Peter and Paul always honored the Sabbath. A number of times it says that they went to the synagogue, or what you and I would call church. They went to the, to the church on the Sabbath. But it also says there was a very express purpose it wasn't to honor the Sabbath, and they, Peter and Paul would have wanted to honor the Sabbath, but their purpose in going to the synagogue was explicitly, and it says this over and over, to reach other Jews. They, they were there to evangelize. They were there to say the Messiah has come. But they would use things like that to say that the, the Sabbath should have never changed. It should still be on 
Saturday. What we do see happening, especially as we go throughout Acts, and there's several other passages, is that as the church evolves, it seems like it begins more and more to move to this first day of week. There's passages that refer to an offering being taken up on the first day of the week. There's passages that refer to the breaking of bread on the first day of a week. It seems more and more of these things we call church were taking place on what you and I call Sunday. Now, as I said, as I've studied the issue, I I have landed where most of us already are, probably without thinking about it a lot, on Sunday. And and I'm there for four different reasons. I want to show you these reasons that I believe Sunday serves as a good Sabbath for the church today. Number one, the command of Scripture is not about a day of the week, but about a seven-day cycle. When you're in Genesis chapter 2 and you're reading that, when it says the word Sabbath, that's not the equivalent of Saturday. That, that's just a name of, it means to cease. They, they celebrated the day of ceasing, the day of desisting. In Exodus chapter 20, it's not referring to a day of the week. It's saying there's six days you do this, and there's one day that you do this. You know, it's interesting, if somebody were to pick up the Bible... They know nothing of Jewish history, nothing of Christian history, and they begin reading and they start in Genesis and Exodus and they say, man, there's a God and He wants me to to celebrate a Sabbath. Where do you think, without even knowing anything, where do you think He'd put the Sabbath in our culture? Put it on Sunday. That's the seventh day of the week. Now, I say it's the seventh day. Don't we call Sunday the first day of the week? Yeah, we do. And if, if you go to most calendars, it's the first day of the week. But functionally, is that how we live? No. What do we call Saturday and Sunday? The week what? The weekend. They're day six and seven. These are the two days that end the week. What are we all going to do tonight? We're going to get ready for the what? The week ahead. How we functionally live. Sunday really operates as a seventh day. So even if you're really, man, I'm devoted to this Old Testament concept of six days in the one day, I I think if you're to take that principle and put it into our week, you're going to have a Sabbath on a Sunday. Number two, the early New Testament church was Jewish. And there was a transition of understanding what had changed as they came into their new faith in following Christ. Now, when I say that statement, the early church was Jewish, you know, in our culture, in, our, in this point in history, there's kind of a distinction between Jewish and Christian, isn't there? I mean, we know we're related. We know there, there's like cousins there or something. But there's a very sharp distinction. Well, folks, in these early days, as Christ ascends into heaven... In these early days, as people came to Christ that were Jewish, they didn't stop being Jewish. They didn't say, I'm, I'm moving my, my letter from First Jewish Synagogue over here to First Baptist Jerusalem. They didn't stop being Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. He was the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. They didn't have anything to change. But in understanding what Jesus had fulfilled... There were practices from the Old Testament that ceased, like like the sacrificial system, like the dietary laws, a big debate in the New Testament. Do we still do this? Was the whole issue over circumcision. So there is, and that's why I use this word evolving, there's things the church, these new, uh, these young Jews in the faith, there's things that they're trying to figure out, how does this translate over? How does this come over And in that process, I do believe the later you see it getting into into church history, you see more and more of them translate over into 
a Sunday worship in, in concordance with the, the resurrection of Christ. You've heard me say a lot, we think of the resurrection of Christ, we call it what? Easter. Something we celebrate once a year. Their idea was, hey, let's go ahead and uh, let's celebrate His resurrection every single week, shall we? Every Sunday was a celebration of His resurrection. Number three, Romans 14, 5-6 challenges us to follow the principle of the Sabbath without the focus on the name of the day. Let me read that passage for you. Verse 5, Romans 14 says, One person considers one day to be above another day. Someone else considers every day to be the same. One person says, no, the Sabbath was established on Saturday. It was never changed. It should have never changed. Somebody says, no, everybody's going to church on Sunday. Sunday's the day of the Sabbath. Somebody else says, man, every day is God's day. Every day we should be worshiping and celebrating. Which one of them is right? Well, Paul answers that question. Each one, each one in these different camps must be fully convinced in his own mind. Let me tell you something. You open God's word, you study it, You'd go to the Lord, you depend upon Him for direction, be convinced, and then celebrate it with all your heart. Each one must be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And again, I think in this passage, what Paul is saying is not about the day, it's about the principle. Now, when I say it's not about the day, that's not to say everybody can pick their own Sabbath. You know, I think, I think, I think Thursday would be a good day for a Sabbath. That's, that's when I'm celebrating it from now on. It doesn't quite work like that because one of the primary things we do on the Sabbath is gather with other believers. Okay, so it's going to be a lonely meeting on Thursday if you do that. Okay, but we we have in that day the principle of the cycle and not the focus of the name of the day. And then lastly, and I've already referred to this, folks, the resurrection of Jesus changed everything. That is central to our faith, to who and to what we are. How natural... How appropriate when we do desist, when we do cease from the normal activities of a week, when we stop and celebrate that we do that in conjunction with the day of the resurrection. Doesn't that kind of just fit and go together? So I'm pretty good with the Sunday Sabbath. I know you all feel much at ease now and are ready to head on into the week. Third question, and this is probably where a lot of us are more, whether we're dealing with it or not, we've heard arguments, we've heard people talk about this. What can we do or what are we not to do on the Sabbath? Look at Colossians 2, verse 16 here. It says, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you according to a Sabbath. Now, you could take that passage, even apply it to the question before. But in this passage, I think the real focus is don't let anyone judge you on the substance. Don't let anyone judge you on the content of a Sabbath day. Really on what you're doing or not doing. And I'm going to make a statement here that sounds a little bit like a contradiction, but see if you can follow me on this. I think on Sabbath, I think on the Sabbath day, there are things we should do, like worship together, go to church. I think there are things we should do. I think there's some things we should not do. But I don't think the Sabbath is about rules. There are things we should do and there are things we should not do. And you should hold those with great conviction. But the Sabbath is not about rules. You know what rules do? They murder the Sabbath. 
Again, this is what Jesus and the Pharisees went around and around about. God gave the Sabbath as a gift, and man tends to turn it into a burden, into an obligation, into a day with, with all these rules. And then once we establish these rules, then we use these rules to, to judge and condemn others. That's not what the day is about. We're missing it. You say, is it a sin if I do this? That's not the issue. The issue is what you're missing in the gift that God has given. That's the real focus. Folks, the, the Jews, and this is how legalism starts. Legalism starts with a very appropriate verse that says to do something or not to do something. And then we apply it. Okay? The Bible says not to work on Sunday. Well, what does that look like? Well, what does that mean? And we come up, well, you know what? I think for me and my family, that, that means we're not going to shop. It means I'm not going to mow the yard. Well, th those are good ideas. That, that might be a very good way to apply the Sabbath in your life. But don't take those rules and then use them on others. Have your convictions. Live those convictions, but don't use them to judge and condemn others. See, the Jews took this idea, this command, don't work on the Sabbath, and made hundreds of laws of what could and could not be done. And they treated those laws as if they came right out of Scripture. As if they were the Word of God themselves. And so you have laws like, uh, let me give you a couple here. One of them was, you cannot carry a fig. You know what a fig is? It's like a, you know, a raisin on steroids. It's huge. You know, big, that's a fig. You cannot carry a fig on the Sabbath. That would be work. You could carry half a fig. Half a fig is not work. Whole fig, that's work. You could, um, let's see, you can pick up, this is important for moms, moms, you can pick up your child on the Sabbath, but not if that child has something in its hands. If you look down, the child has something in your hands, drop that child. No, don't drop the child. Don't drop the child. But the child, if the child had something in his hands, that would be work. You'd be breaking the Sabbath. And then one of my favorites, folks, you just, sometimes, I mean, you can't make stuff like this up. On the Sabbath day, women were forbidden from looking in the mirror. <laughs> Can you imagine? That means half, half our audience today didn't even come to church if they couldn't look in the mirror. <laughs> Did not even come to church. Now, why? Why were women not supposed to look in the mirror on the Sabbath? Well, here's the reason why. Because they might look in the mirror, they might see that they have a gray hair and be tempted to pluck it. And that would be breaking the Sabbath. I mean, folks, you see what happens? We end up in the, and I use the word silly legalism. None of that came from God's word, but I'll tell you something, they'd stone you if you did it. And that's not a metaphor. They treated their ways of, okay, God gives this principle, this man, you're not to work, and then they take that and apply it, and they use their rules as if they're the law themselves. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe you should buck your hair or carry figs on Sunday, God bless you, man. Hold to that conviction. There is nothing wrong with you deciding that's what it means to honor the Sabbath. There is something very wrong with you using your application to judge and condemn somebody else. Let them decide how they come up with it. Folks, God has not given us this day to beat us down with rules. He's given us this day for the goodness and well-being of our soul. It's a good thing we have in the Sabbath. Not a list of rules. You know, as I read the Old and New Testament, there's four things I think are to mark how you and I spend Sunday. 
There's four things that should be characteristic of this day. Number one, the Sabbath is to be marked by rest. Certainly we see that. The word every time the Sabbath is used. Remember, every time we're talking about the Sabbath, the word actually means rest. It's the day of rest. The day is to be marked by that. Secondly, it is a day that is not to look like other days of the week. Sunday, the way I spend Sunday is not to look like how I spend Monday through Saturday. Now, does that mean if I do something on Sunday that I've done on Monday through Saturday that it's a sin? No, of course not. Not necessarily. Man, you know, we end up with a situation this afternoon. We need something, got to do. You know what? I might run to the store real quick and get something. I don't think that's a sin. I don't think that's breaking the Sabbath. But... If we decide Sunday afternoon is going to be our day of shopping, that's our day we get all the groceries for the weekend. No, I see. I think then, now folks, that's an illustration. My illustration. I'm not making that a law. I'm not the one that says it. Do not go stand before God and say, I only went to Walmart once and the pastor said it was okay. Let me tell you something. God is not going to care less if you say the pastor said. What I said in four bucks will get you, you know, a cup of coffee at Starbucks. That's it. Okay, so you don't go. I'm just giving an illustration when we say it's not to look like other days. We might do something this afternoon that can be done on other days or is something we do on other days. But generally speaking, no, I don't have a list of regular chores and activities that I'm going to do on Sunday. And you see, even as we try to interpret number two, well, is it a sin if I work? Is it a sin if I folks, you're missing the point. The point is not what is a sin and what not is a sin. The point is what God has for you. Are you taking advantage of what God has for you on this day? It is a day, very clearly, that is to look different from the others. Number three, it's a day for remembering the Lord. His goodness, His teaching, His encouragement in our lives. Obviously, a big way we do that is gathering together in in worship and song and studying His Word. Number four, it's a day defined by conviction. The Sabbath is not a loosey-goosey thing, folks. The Sabbath is a very significant part of our lives. It's a significant part of our witness. You know, I use this illustration a lot, a lot of times when it's raining or when it's cold. And, and, you know, we talk about being here. You know, I said your car's a witness. You know, your car's a witness every Sabbath, isn't it? You're, you're having a witness when your car's in the driveway. You're communicating what's preeminent in your life. And your car has a witness... When it's here, doesn't it? Aren't we saying something? When we've got a conviction about this day and how we live this day? Folks, it's not a, you know, oh, pick a day and, you know, whatever's good for you and a long nap. Although I think nap's probably a pretty good idea. No, it's a very serious thing. It's something that that individually or as a family, man, we decide, hey, what's the Sabbath going to look like in our home? How's it going to be a witness to our... I mean, we all know where our neighbors are on Sunday morning. We all know whether cars come and go. How's this day going to be a witness in our lives? What are we going to do or not do? It's a conviction we hold to. Now, how is the Sabbath for us? Folks, we live in one of the most stressed out societies in America. You know, as as you saw in the announcement last week, we were in China Last week, China's becoming very westernized. Uh, Beijing, man, what a city. I couldn't help but think of Beijing as we sang God of this city today. After leaving Beijing, it's the first time I flew over New York City and thought, that is kind of small. I mean, Beijing is 
massive, massive, 19 million people. When you fly over Beijing, you literally fly over it for like five minutes. It is just massive. And they're getting more Western. They've got, you know, McDonald's and KFC and they're learning about, you know, living for the almighty dollar and work, work, work. And guess what's happened in the last 10 years in Beijing? Heart attacks and diabetes have shot through the roof. We got a wonderful way of life, don't we? The Sabbath is for us. Oh, I got a lot to do. I got a lot to get done. Do I really need to illustrate what kind of rat life we live in America? And what is the what is the thing we have moved away from the last 30 years? I'm just old enough to remember when Sunday really was. I mean, it was very different from the other days. Society as a whole observed it. Most things were not open. You could do very little on a Sunday. Now that's, you know, 8 to 12 things are still mostly closed. But, man, we're, we're losing that. And, and are we better for it? No, we're killing ourselves. We're paying the price. We pay it in our physical health. We pay it in our relationships. We pay it in our soul. The Sabbath is a gift. It is for you one day in seven. Not just for refueling the physical body. Yes, this day is for refueling the physical body. But it is for the soul. And if I ignore that, because I need to work, because I need to get away, because we got a lot to do today, you're just killing yourself in time. You're just killing yourself. I want to leave you this morning with one line. It's three sentences, but they're three short sentences. I want to leave you with one line. I'd like you to think about it all week. I'd like you to know, what did he mean by that? What does that look like in my life? What does that look like in our home? What do you think about, how, how do I take these three things and apply them in my life? Here they are. It's one line, three quick sentences. The Sabbath is your worship. The Sabbath is your witness. The Sabbath is your well-being. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this week you, you would just burn that last phrase in our mind. And then all week long, we would think about what, what do I accomplish in a week? What do I do in a week? I've got to work. I've got to run errands and chores. I've got to see people, take care of family. I've got to do all these things. What would you have it to look like in my life, God, if, if I were really to dedicate, manage my time so that in six days, I'm really getting all that done so that I can kind of step back on that seventh day? And just kind of cease and celebrate you. God, how, how is this day to be about worship? Not, not just from, from 9.30 to 10.30 or 11 to 12. How is this day about worship? How is this day about my witness? How is this day for our well-being? God, would you guide us in that? We, we, God, we want to honor you. We don't want to break this. It's so easy for us to get caught up in society. It's so easy for us to get caught up in the busyness and hurriedness of life. How kind you were, God, to show us there's a day to stop. 
Lord, I know I should pray every day, but man, I thank you for the Sabbath that kind of forces me to stop and make sure there's at least one day this week I'm praying. At least one day this week I'm in your word. At least one day this week I'm worshiping. God, I know my soul. I know my, the way I'll live. I know that if there's not a Sabbath, I'll run on not even think about you. Not even acknowledge you. And that's never going to be good for me, God. God, would you guide us what this day is to look like? Not, not so that we've got a list of rules we obey in our family, but just what we can have in this day, what we can enjoy in this day. We need your help in that, God. Let, may we constantly, continually be seeking you and following you and not the way of the world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.